Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode here of the Money with Clay podcast and week. That's all I can really say is week. And everywhere I look, just things seem to be getting weaker and weaker. And oddly enough, perfect timing. I've been planning on recording this quick trip down my Facebook wall just to kill a couple of minutes. And then I see somebody post something on their wall and all I could do is shake my head and say, well, I suppose my argument is getting that much stronger in the fact that society as a whole seems to simply be getting weaker and weaker and weaker. With that being said, there is still bright spots out there and that's where I plan on ending this is with the bright spot and with a story. Maybe you've heard it, I don't know. It's been going through the, uh, the, the recent news cycle very motivating, inspiring, and hopeful. Because a lot of the stuff you see out there, it just it makes me at least shake my head and wonder, how do you expect, how do people expect, how does culture, society expect to actually maintain what we have, to continue to grow what we have? And what do we have? Well, we have, we being you know, the, the United States, a great, great mentality. And I just want to think about this very, very quickly. Let's kind of just keep things in perspective. How was America founded? Where did all this come from? Well, there is a set of people that thought, you know what? I'm not a huge fan of what is pretty much being pressed upon us, of what is being just thrown at us. I I, I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. But instead of sitting there and saying, you know what, give me this or do this or do that, they said, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. And I hear there's this like piece of dirt, this piece of land. The only problem is this piece of dirt, this piece of land is across like thousands of miles of this big body of water known as the ocean. And in order to get to that piece of dirt over there, I need to hop into one of these big wooden ships. And not only that, these big wooden ships need to actually survive a multiple, multiple, multiple week journey across the unknown that is known as the ocean. The unknown of storms. The unknown of you just don't really know what could occur. But you know what? I really want to take things into my own hands. And I just want to make something of myself, make something better of my situation. So I am going to get on those big wooden objects, of course, known as boats. And I'm going to make that, I'm going to make that, uh, you know, set across the sea. And you know what? If I do make the journey and survive, then guess what? There's nothing there for me other than wilderness and indigenous people that would like to kill me. But you know what? I'm, I'm still going to do something about it. I, I want to go. I want to make it happen. Have you ever thought about that? Those are, that's the mentality of the people that founded this country of the United States, that founded the colonies. People that were like, yeah, you know what? There's kind of a lot of risk. Yeah, you know what? It, 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 things could not go well, but I'm going to do it anyways. I'm going to go and make something of myself. That is the DNA of this country. 
That is what we were founded on. There is nothing weak about that at all. In fact, I think it, not just myself, but really anybody could make a pretty strong argument that that is quite powerful, that that is just filled with strength to take the journey that those people did to an unknown place, to a place where there will be nothing handed to you. There will be nothing free. It is going to be blood, sweat, and tears to make something out of yourself. There will be maximum effort required. And people still did it. And that is what this country was built on. And in my mind, I don't think there's any sort of coincidence that a country that was built on that premise of such adventure, of such risk-taking, of such I'm going to make something of myself has turned out to be probably the most powerful country in the, you know, in, in the history of the world. Now, if you listen to this and you're not a, a United States citizen, um, you know, like I said, there's always room for debate, but I think it can, I think it is fair to say that the United States is a, a pretty solid place. And at the end of the day, I can't remember who I said it. I think it was a former prime minister of uh, of the U- UK, Blair, Tony Blair. I think that's his name. But I was watching him on a, a late night show, and this was years ago. And there was something about oh the immigration debate, or, or you know, well, do you know? Do you think that the United States is still a quality country? Do you think that the United States uh, is still you know kind of top of the mountain? And Tony Blair from the UK said, you know, a, a good measure of that is a good gauge of. You know, is your country on the up and up? Is your country at the top? Or is your country kind of, eh? And it's, you know, there's still a lot of people that want to get into the United States. And people can run their mouth a lot. People can say what they want. But if people want to get into a country, that kind of says a lot about it. And, you know, what, regardless of what your politics are, because both sides of the aisle do it, and all I can do is really laugh is, oh, if such and such wins, if such and such policy goes through, if such and such this, if such and such that, I'm just going to leave the country. And you know what? Those people never leave the country. Why is that? Because at the core, this country is great and it still is great. And, you know, you got to kind of keep things in perspective. But the point here that I'm trying to get across, that I'm trying to really drive home is the United States is a great country. No matter what you say, I'm willing to bet that your actions wouldn't actually match up with you know, whatever you're proposing, such as if such and such wins, if such and such is elected, then I'm leaving this country. Yeah, I'm going to say you're not going to leave the country because you know that we have it pretty darn good here in the United States. But what actually got us to that point, I think I've hopefully driven that home quite a bit. At the core, a great, great epic work ethic, a great, great mentality of, listen, nothing's free. You gotta, you gotta earn it. You gotta work for it. Nothing's gonna be handed to you. Uh, so, but let's just get it done. Let's, let's do it. Let's make something of the situation. Let's make something of the opportunity. That is the mentality. And then I see stuff like this occurring. And where, where has this mentality gone? I, I don't get it. Why do people think that this is the mentality that's going to work? And this has nothing to do with politics. It just has to do with a thought process. So you could be on either side of the aisle. I am not saying that one side of the political aisle thinks like this because you know you can't make blanket statements like this. I firmly believe that there are people of all political parties that have 
the right mindset, the right thought process, and then a very faulty mind press, uh, thought process. Now, uh, let's actually, let me take a quick, you know what, I won't even bring up this politician's name, that way I can totally uh, keep politics out of it. Uh, but it just starts off as, okay, here, we, the, the title is this, and I'm, I'm looking at it, and I, I, can, I can structure it in a way that'll leave the, the politician's name out of it. But this person says Paul, and he's the Fed chairman, meaning he's kind of, I mean, these are smart people. They're, these are economists. They live and breathe the economy and all of this. Um, so, but no, I don't, I, I'm not very, I'm not a big fan of the Fed, but the Fed, it is what it is. They deal with monetary policy and all that sort of stuff. But the point here being, these are pretty smart people. So Paul says, and this is the title, Paul says economic theory of unlimited borrowing supported by insert blank of a politician is just wrong. No, I'm not trying to, you know what? Economics, there's all sorts of models. There's all sorts of opinions. I get it. So I'm not focused on the economic theory of unlimited borrowing. So as it goes on, an increasingly popular theory exposed by such and such, I, I won't say which, party that the government can continue to borrow f to fund. And then, you know what, I'm not going to talk about what they want to continue to borrow to fund because I want to keep politics totally out of this. But just think about it that an increasingly popular theory, let's replace theory with thought process. Let's replace theory with kind of worldview. So an increasingly popular worldview, an increasingly popular thought process is that the government can continue to borrow, continue to borrow. And as the title states, unlimited borrowing. So let's just take a step back. What, why? Why? Where did this, where did this, borrow, borrow, borrow. No, don't wait. Don't save anything up. Just borrow, borrow, borrow. And then know that there are theories out there, let alone, as the article states, an increasingly popular theory out there based all around the fact that it's all about just borrowing, unlimited borrowing. The government can continue to borrow. What, how, does, how does that end well for anybody? I've talked about this, and this has kind of been a, a, a common theme in the, the past recent episodes, but nobody looks at the long term at all. It's always just the short term right now borrow, 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 and it, it just doesn't work out. And like I said, whether or not you wanna argue and debate the economics, the policy, the numbers, how things work in theory, why can't we just boil it down to the, the thought process that it actually provides? That pro thought process being, well, you know, you just can only borrow, just borrow some more. Oh, you don't have enough right now? Just borrow some more. I don't care about the economics of it. Well, the economics in my mind, it's kind of common sense. That's not gonna end well. But I realize that you can always find an economist that can say, well, because of this and because of that and because of this, that, and those other things, it'll be okay. No, it won't. Because a thought process based in unlimited borrowing, a thought process based in continuing to borrow is not going to end well. I'm not saying it's not going to end well today, next week, next year, next decade, who knows? Maybe not even the next 100 years, to be fair. But I can say with a whole lot of confidence that generally speaking, 
a thought process based in all this is not going to end well. That is a really bad mentality to have. I don't have it right now, but you know what? Let me just borrow to get it. Wait, save up for it? No, let me borrow to get it right now. That is, that is weak. That is a weak sauce type mentality. That is a mentality that, yes, it'll get you gratification in the short run because you can borrow to get it right now. But in the long run, it's not going to set yourself up for anything good at all. All you're doing is starting to develop a way of looking at life that is very, very risky because borrowing does have risk that comes with it, right? Because borrowing takes on debt. And I don't care if you're the government, I don't care who you are. Sure, you can make certain arguments, and I'm not gonna turn this into a political slug, or uh, excuse me, you know, economical slugfest, but pretty much this whole theory revolves around it as well. If you can borrow in your own currency, and then that kind of opens the door for some arguments, but I don't care. I stand firmly behind my point of just what is the mentality being conveyed. If you are arguing for it, that's okay, but I'm sorry, you cannot continue to borrow forever, and that mentality is just weak sauce to begin with. So you have kind of this general idea out there that seems to be getting more and more, like it says, to steal the from the words, increasingly popular of just unlimited borrowing. Keep on borrowing. Everything will be okay. Just keep on borrowing. And then I, this was the what I said came across last second. And this goes along with the, the whole philosophy, the whole idea here of just society, what made this country great, continues to get weaker and weaker. And this was uh, published on February 25th. So just a couple days hot off the press. New uh, uh, NC, North Carolina, excuse me. North Carolina General Assembly mulling over changing school grading scales. So in Raleigh, North Carolina, the North Carolina General Assembly is considering changing the grading scale used in state public schools. Right now, Anything less than 60% mark is a failing grade. Raise your hand. Well, don't raise your hand if you're driving, but is that what you remember? Do you remember getting anything less than 60%? Uh Oh, that means I just got an F. That means I'm failing. I I firmly remember 60% was the cutoff where if you didn't get at least a 60, then you were getting a big old F on that piece of paper. Now, now, and I don't say this to brag, but... In my, at my high school, I went to a private high school, the grading scale was, was actually even higher than that, where it was, don't quote me, but I wanna say anything below a 65 was actually an F. Because I do remember thinking, I do remember that A, anything below a 93 was a, was a B plus. 93 was an A minus. And I, I know a lot of schools out there still do 100 to 90, which I think is whatever, that's fine. But this is all going the opposite direction. So the new scale would be this. (laughs) How nice would this have been? 100 to 85. For me, I remember 85 being, okay, you're sitting at a firm B. Not a B minus, not a B plus, but a B. But now this new scale would be 100 to 85% is an A. I'm assuming 85 would be A minus, but... For simplicity's sake, an A. 
84 to 70 would be a B. I remember 70 being a C minus, like you're on the verge of getting a D, but now 84 to 70 is a B. 69 to 55, a C. Once again, who remembers a 55 being you get an F on your piece of paper? I'm not, I, I say that because I'm not trying to come, come across like I'm some sort of like in unique situation. I think most people can relate, maybe hopefully still do relate to the fact of, yeah, if you get a 55, that means you failed. That means you have the in the red marker, F, you know, maybe a little sad face. But now they're proposing a 55 is a C. To be fair, maybe a C minus, okay. But still, you're not even at D level yet. And then finally, a 54 to a 40, <laughs> a, for, a 40, a 40. In other words, there's a quiz. You only get four out of 10 of the 10 question quiz, right? That's still giving you a D, not quite a failure. And then finally, anything below 40% is a fail. So you're telling me that I can still get, you know, I, in order to get a fail, it would have to be three out of 10 questions, right? And then I fail. Three out of 10? Are you kidding me? I don't even know what else to say. I'm kind of lost for words. If this is not the weakening of society, how is that helping anybody? How, that is not helping anybody at all. To just, all that's letting people do is, hey, I can slack off a little bit more because now insert blank is still a B. Now insert blank is just still a C. I mean, for people that are just trying to skate by and get Cs, to think that they can go down to 50%, 55% and still get a C, that to me, this is crazy, crazy. I hope... I don't think it is fake news. I mean, it's from a, a, a local news station, but maybe this is fake news. I hope so, because this is really, really pathetic stuff. So let's do a quick little recap. We already have this, quote unquote, increasingly popular mentality of unlimited borrowing, continuing to borrowing, and then you're factoring this in with just making things that much easier in the sense of, yeah, you don't have to work as hard. Yeah, you don't have to try as hard because you'll still pass because we have this new grading scale. So people not having to work as hard combined with encouraging continued borrowing, unlimited borrowing, like I said, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I am not the smartest person, but doesn't that seem like kind of a recipe for disaster? Doesn't that seem like a type of mentality, a type of culture that's being created where you don't have to work as hard, but you're still being encouraged to borrow, to borrow, unlimited borrowing, continued borrowing. But you don't, you don't have to work as hard. Don't worry about it. Oh, no, you only got a 55%. Don't worry. That's still a C. I don't know. That, that seems kind of risky. Whereas I propose this. I propose we all start to talk about people like this and start to hold people like this as, dare I say, role models. And I say, dare I say, because I mean, this is an 18 year old and I get it, 18 year olds, what do they, what do they know? I, I assure you this, this 18 year old knows a whole lot more than apparently 
what society is trying to uh, try to come up with. But from, uh, and this is all over the place, I could have gotten it off of CNN, I could have gotten it off of, I mean, so you, could, you can run a search and you'll see. Uh, but here from uh, the article title, Idaho teen donates $7,000. So he donates $7,000, a teenager, after he makes $35,000 in four days plowing snow in Seattle. Hey, man. I, I don't know if you're going to listen to this, but if you do, can I, can I have you on the podcast? Can we just hang out? Will you be my friend? You're the exact person I want to hang out with. I don't know. Maybe that's creepy, a 35-year-old asking an 18-year-old to be his friend, but I'm going to do it anyways because, sir, iron sharpens iron. I want to be sharp. I want to surround myself with iron, not warm butter. What is warm butter? Warm butter is somebody that says, hey, let's make the grading scale even easier for people so they don't have to try as hard. And oh, by the way, unlimited borrowing. Keep borrowing. That's the solution, borrow some more. That is warm butter. I don't wanna surround myself with warm butter. I want iron, and this person is straight up iron. So let's get to it. David Holston is not your typical teen. Booyah, I love it. The 18-year-old entrepreneur who started a landscaping business in Idaho last spring made more in four days than many make in a year after a lucrative trip to Seattle with his truck and a plow, just when the Emerald City got hit with historic levels of snow, 10 inches in some parts of the city. Now let's think about this. Well, there's a lot of snow, so yeah, there was a lot of snow. You know what that's called? That's called recognizing opportunity. Do you know what that's called? That's called creating a creating a service where services are needed. That's just called good old fashioned getting it done. I love how this person took the journey. Now it now of course the you know the, the pilgrims and such they took a journey and there was a whole lot of unknown. Here you can say well this person had unknown because there was snow so there wasn't as much unknown. Fine, fair point. But you know what? At least he went. At least he still took the truck and you know made the trek up to Idaho. Continuing on with the article. In total, Holston made $35 or 30 not $35, $35,000 in 4 days and said he plans to give $7,000 of that to God through his local church and other Christian organizations. Now, this has nothing to do with religion, but hey, you know what? He he plans on giving it to organizations to charities uh, that uh, you know, he sees fit. Um, I love it. So he plans on giving 20% uh, to his church to buy mowers for this year's mowing season. So he's investing some of it back into the, the uh, business. And to save the rest for buying my first house debt-free. Not, I, I want to borrow money. Now, this is one of the rare exceptions where I would say, okay, for a house, you know, that is a debt, yes, but Assuming you're doing it wisely, that's that's an investment, so that's a little bit different type of debt. But here this guy is, this teenager, taking it totally to the extreme and saying, no, 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 I don't even want to borrow for what many people would probably say is, okay, fine, that's a suitable you know, you know, object to borrow for. He wants to do it debt-free. I am, this, David, let's be friends. Will you be my friend? This is how you get ahead in life. This is the mentality of winners. 
And yes, this person's a winner. He just made $35,000 in four days. And not shockingly enough, he's not going out and squandering it. He's reinvesting it into his business. He's, are you ready for the S word? Saving some of it for a future goal so he doesn't have to have debt. And then he's actually donating it. And that's a whole other podcast in itself. But I'm sorry, government. If you just let people keep more of their money, if you just let people make more money, instead of saying, you know what, I want to take a bunch of that so I can go redistribute it someplace else. People, there's a lot of nice people out there. I'm not patting myself on the back, but I will say I, I donate to charities. I give, you know, I, I do give money away. Now, I also save. I also reinvest into my business. I also buy fun stuff. But just because somebody's making a whole lot of money doesn't mean they hoard it all. People are willing to give it away. People are willing to donate it. And this whole idea of, well, people are greedy, so we need to take money or else they're not going to donate it. That's, that's such a gimmick. That's, that is completely false. If you let people have more money, they are going to donate. They are going to give to charities to help the less fortunate. Now, like I said, I, like, I could keep on going and going on that topic, but I, I love it. The person makes 35000 and I could, oh, he's greedy. He made $35,000 in four days. He took advantage of people that needed things plowed because they couldn't have operate business. Oh, wait a second. No, he wasn't taking advantage of everybody. He was just providing a service that people needed that people were willing to pay for. So, no, I guess he's not. Oh, wow. So, sure, he made 35000 in four days. And, I mean, it's, I, I, at first I thought he was taking advantage of people, but apparently they wanted to voluntarily give him money so that he could provide them a service. But now you're telling me he donated 7000 of that? Oh, wait, nobody forced him to donate it? That wasn't like the government saying, hey, you need to donate that money. You need to give this money to us because we know what to do. But he mean, he just donated it. Wow. Oh, um, all right. Well, uh, it, will you at least consider it? Is it at least a possibility that people aren't greedy that make good amounts of money? Is it at least possible that those people are providing a service that are helping other people out? Is it at least possible to think that people have at least a sliver of good in them and if they have more money, it's not all going to go right back into their pocket? Is it at least a possibility that people will, will donate that would actually give to charities? And I, I'm not saying they're church. I'm not saying even a Christian organization. I'm just saying just a charity in general that will help other people. The Red Cross. Uh, what are some of the other? Uh, you know, United... Uh, United Way. I mean, there's lots of charities out there. I, I personally believe that if people have more money, they'll not only be willing, but they'll also just flat out from a practical perspective, be able to donate more money. And, you know, this is proof of it. Holson was visiting his mom on her birthday while she was recovering from surgery. But before he left, his friend tipped him off that there would be a foot of snow in Seattle which the area wasn't prepared for. So he drove his truck and plowed there and worked 12 to 15 hour days, starting around 2 a.m. I don't wanna hear how the system's rigged against you. I don't wanna hear how nothing is fair. Now, 
it's a valid it's a valid complaint. Things aren't easy. I can't argue against that. Sometimes things aren't easy. But that doesn't that's not a valid excuse. I'm sorry, but driving from Idaho to Seattle not necessarily convenient, not necessarily easy. Working 12 to 15 hour days again, not really convenient, not an ideal situation. Dare I say maybe a little hard. Hard work. Starting around 2 a.m. Again, I get it. For you to throw up your hand and say, well, that's not easy. That's not convenient. You're right. You win that argument. But I mean, I know I'm not sitting here saying anything's easy. I'm saying where there is a will, there is a way in this great country. This is just basic economics. First of all, I love how his friend tipped him off. Not like a stock tip, but like, hey, I got a snow tip for you. I got a weather tip for you. And what did he do? Here's some basic entrepreneurship. You want to build a business, you find opportunity. Okay, that, that's kind of open-ended. What do I mean by opportunity? First, he knew that something was occurring, snow. But here's the key part. The area wasn't prepared for it, meaning there would be demand. Ever taken an economics course, supply and demand, supply and demand, so if there is a demand for some sort of service, the service being, oh crap, we gotta get this snow out of here because I'm trying to operate a business and if I can't get people in my parking lot, they can't buy my product. And if they can't get in my parking lot to buy my product, I'm not gonna make any money. Therefore, I will gladly pay somebody to get this snow out of my parking lot. And you know what? When when areas aren't prepared, there are gonna be a lot of people saying, um, 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 I have demand, I have demand. Well, here, let me provide some supply. Let me help you out. And that's exactly what he did. Once more, none of this was easy. Driving to Seattle, 12 to 15 hour days, starting around 2 a.m. <laughs> Get ready for this. In, oh my goodness, this is great stuff. In Idaho, he typically charges $125 an hour. But in Washington State, he put an ad on Craigslist and charged up to $500 to $750 an hour. <laughs> so remember, oh, he's greedy. That greedy businessman, that greedy corporation. All he did was put out an ad. He put out an ad. Holston's phone was ringing off the hook the entire time he was plowing. In total, he ended up plowing driveways and parking lots for businesses, apartment complexes, and other locations. David, please be my friend. You just absolutely own. You absolutely punch every theory in the face about, well, he's just taking advantage of the situation. How? He put it up there. People were calling him. In other words, people were voluntarily giving him 500 to $750 an hour. When you have lack of, when you have great demand and a lack of supply, guess what? That's called a business opportunity. When you are good at doing something, or in this case, I mean, not, not to take anything away from you, David, snow plowing is not exactly a, a high skill type thing. It's not like you're flying a jet fighter craft. I think we can agree there, David. But to full, to your credit, Sometimes it doesn't have to be about great skill. It just has to be about the willingness to do it, to do something. And in this case, he recognized an opportunity. He was willing to do it. And his phone, and I quote, was ringing off the hook the entire time he was plowing 
because he put out an ad charging $500 to $750 an hour. That's how you do it. That's what this country was built on. There is opportunity out there. You can go and take advantage of it. You don't have to borrow. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. But yeah, you do have to work kind of hard. Sometimes you got to put in an effort. And that's, that's the name of the game. If you're still listening, then you're fully on board. If you were not of this mentality, you would have thought I was the biggest idiot a long time ago and shut this thing off. So if you're still listening right now, I know that you're of this mentality. I know you're a piece of iron. Now, maybe this, maybe you need a wake-up call. Maybe you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself a little bit. Maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what? Is there opportunity out there? Is there something I can do to improve my situation? Because odds are that there probably are. There probably is something out there. Now, is it going to be easy? Is it going to be fun? Is it going to be convenient? I, I can't sit here and say that, but is there going to be an opportunity to improve your situation? Am I saying that you need to go and do that for the rest of your life, whatever that is? No. D- does David want to plow, you know, uh, I don't know, who knows, maybe he does for 500 I would, for $575 an hour? I mean, he's just freaking kicking lawyers and doctors in the face. That's crazy. But I mean, I'm not saying you need to do it for the rest of your life. But if you have some sort of goal, if you have something, you know what, let's just, let's just be real frank. Maybe you, I want that big screen TV. I want that sound system to go with the big screen TV. I'd like it right now. Think about what society's trying to tell you to do. Just borrow, just borrow, get it right now. I would challenge you to, go, hey, look around. Is there an opportunity that you can put some extra money in your pocket so that you can go And here comes the S word again, save up for that TV and sound system. I get it. I use the S word, but just something to think about. So David, awesome, dude. Awesome. I want to be your friend. If you know David, will you send him this podcast? Because I I, would have, I mean, it would be so cool to get him on the podcast, but I I, want to be his friend. What an amazing guy. Well done, sir. Well done done. And I want people to be focused on the Davids of the world, not the mentalities of the world that seem to be getting quote unquote, increasingly popular of unlimited borrowing. And this whole mentality, this weakening of society with, well, let's just make the grades a little bit lower. Therefore, little Johnny doesn't have to work as hard and, you know, not needing to work as hard. Plus, the mentality of unlimited borrowing, yeah, that, that, that should end well for everybody. Be David, be like David, focus on David. That is great stuff, and that is what this country was built on, and that is what strength actually looks like. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating, that goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there. And I I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself 
either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.